This episode of Beyond Your Why is brought to you by our Why app. Head over to whyinstitute.com to take the Why app so you can discover your why today. Knowing your why is the essential first step in having the clarity to move forward faster and have a bigger impact. Welcome to Beyond Your Why podcast, where we go beyond just talking about your why and actually helping you discover and live your why. And so if you're familiar with our podcast, you know that we talk each week about a particular why, and then we meet somebody with that why. Now, today, we're going to be talking about the why of contribute. But not only that, with this guest, we're going to also focus in on their how and their what. So you're going to hear their why, their how, and their what, and we'll see how that has played out in his life, in the businesses that he's developed, in the path that he's been on. And so when we talk about the why of contribute, if you remember, these are people that want to be part of a greater cause. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. They don't necessarily have to be the cause, but they want to contribute to it in a meaningful way. They love to support others and they relish in the success of the greater good or the victory of the team. You can often find them behind the scenes looking for ways to make the world a better place. They're often the go-to people, the ones that you look for when you need help with just about anything. They make reliable and committed teammates, and they often act as the glue who holds everyone else together. They use their time, their money, their energy, their resources, and connections to add value to other people and organizations. They struggle with saying no, because no just doesn't fit with how they think because they want to have an impact. So oftentimes they can say yes to so many different things that they can find themselves in challenges where they break down because they want to help so much. And so today I've got a really fun guest for you. His name is Brooks Briz. That's like a tongue twister unto itself. And so let me read you a little bit about Brooks's story. Brooks has a company called simplehealth.club. He's the founder of simplehealth.club.club. It's a men's health food company that specializes in manufacturing and distributing super greens direct to consumers. Now, more importantly, simplehealth.club creates amazing digital content by collaborating with holistic health experts to help men simply and sustainably improve their overall wellness, physical, mental, emotional, relational, spiritual, and vocational. Brooks comes from a strong entrepreneurial and leadership career, including stints creating restaurants, a marketing consultancy, authoring six books, a nutraceutical entity, and even a bike taxi company. The journey to create Simple Health came as a result of Brooks being hospitalized recently, which could have cost him his life. Laying in a hospital bed, he knew that there had to be a better way for men to improve their holistic health and wellness to do more that matters and has chosen to dedicate his life to serve others for this cause. Brooks lives in Jacksonville Beach, Florida with his Black Lab Rescue Marina. In his free time, he enjoys barefoot beach running, helping coach a varsity boys lacrosse team that recently won the Florida State Championships, writing the SimpleHealth.club philosophy book, podcasting, and serving in his local church. Brooks, thanks for being here today. Hey, Gary. Thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate it. I am excited to talk to you. We've got a lot to talk about. Tell everybody, we met in, what, Las Vegas yes. a year and a half ago or so? I believe so, yeah. 
and I was working with a group there and you were in the audience and you went through the process of discovering your why. What was that like for you discovering your why of Contribute? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, obviously everyone had seen Simon Sinek's why talk and you hear so much about just follow your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. And it's like, well, what's wrong with me that I can't figure this out? I try I've tried writing it out. I've asked a, a lot of experts. I've asked people where my giftedness lies. And I always do about it, go about this in a very systematic way. And yet I still couldn't put my finger on the pulse of my DNA. Now, as I began to journal a bit more, I got more clarity. And I just continually was looking for those opportunities to be more in tune with my DNA. But your process was so simple and it just immediately resonated with me, especially when the scripters came in. It's like, you might be a church leader, you might be a coach. <laughs> and it just so happened, you know, when you gave the contribute band, which I'm wearing to this day, it matched the shirt, the color was spot on. It was like the exact same pants on. I'm like, oh boy, no coincidence is here. <laughs> and then the first thing you did, it was interesting because I don't know where you appeared and you were like, well, how can I help you? That is some that I mean that is perfectly in line with what somebody with the why of contribute would do. And you have helped me in many ways in many different areas, not for the purpose of, you know, making money or anything, just to to help and be part of it. You know, it's just kind of ingrained in your DNA if you feel that you see something where there's an opportunity and you have time, talent, finances, and strengths that others can leverage and it helps improve their lives. I just always challenge myself to you know lose myself in the service of others and how can i improve their lives and even if you look at it from a selfish sort of way not giving in a contrived manner like the harry krishna cult for example but if you examine zig ziglar's famous quote helping other people get what they want and you'll get what you want well that makes a lot of sense so put other people's needs first and give without looking for anything in return and the return is always tenfold that's awesome, man. You know, so when I met you in Las Vegas, you had a product. And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the brand, it was, it's called Fast Blast, still in existence, doing quite well. What we decided was there's a huge, and it's still massive, trend going on, and it was coined intermittent fasting. And there was a particular documentary, Dr. Mosley made it on uh, BBC, it's called Live Fast and Eat Longer. And what basically he used his body as a science experiment, and he said he found the most efficacious way of fasting was to eat between certain windows, which is also known as time-restricted feeding, and he reduces calories twice per week. He still needed this blend of protein, healthy fats, carbohydrates, and a certain amount of caloric intake because there are a lot of different ways to fast. You look at Jesus' water fast or the Daniel plan fast. There's tons of them out there. And so what we decided is, well, he's given these recipes. Well, you got to eat these leafy greens, this type of lean protein, this type of complex carbohydrate. And we said, no one wants to do that. They want it done for them to take the guesswork out. And so we decided, let's put that perfect blend of ingredients and let's also make it portable so they can do that on the go. And that's how we came up with the Fast Blast smoothie. So he took something to help people have a bigger impact in their lives and kind of distilled it down, made it clear on what was necessary, and then created a simple product so that people could actually do it. That's correct. Yeah. And it really resonated with people. Of course, a lot of folks 
were gravitating to, towards the weight loss aspect at first, but they began to realize all the other holistic health benefits in terms of mental clarity, better quality sleep, the amount of energy, quality energy that they were receiving, a myriad of other different medical benefits that were measured by their doctors when they were getting their blood work done. And that's what really was the spark that made the brand take off. It was a unique take on something that existed. We put it in such a way and modeled it as this is the first product intentionally designed for 5-2 intermittent fasting. And that made all the difference in the world. Oh, that's awesome. So Brooks, I'm going to spill the beans a little bit. What I said at the beginning was we're going to talk about your why and your how and your what. And I think it's really important for the listeners to know your why, how, and what, because just in the story you told us right there, it became very obvious why that product resonated with you as well as how you explained it to us. So Brooks's why is to contribute to a greater cause, right? Add value, have an impact in the lives of others. His how is to create clarity or make things clear and understandable. And then what he brings is a simple solution to help others move forward. So his why is contribute, his how is clarify, and his what is simplify. So it's interesting in just that story you told us right there about that product, it was such a perfect example of that. Do you see that now? Yes, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's something that's going to have a bigger impact in people's lives. He got clear on what it was and what was necessary and what are the ingredients and what has to happen and then brought it to people in a simple solution that anyone can do it. Because essentially, Fast Blast is what? What does it look like for people that can't picture it? It's a banana berry smoothie, and it's in a portable, almost a squeeze pouch that you would see. Like a lot of people look at it, it's like, oh, that's the little kid's squeezy pouches in a grocery store. And of course, they didn't understand, well, there's pea protein and all the vegetables and, and fruits are organic and, and the very intentional protein and healthy fat breakdown, for example. So, but you've seen it a million times and we just decided, let's put this product, make it portable on the go for people so that they can do it at their convenience. You simplified the process. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you were working on this, still are working on the, on Fast Blast and you're bringing it to the world and you're having a bigger impact and you've helped people get clear on this intermittent fasting concept and you've brought it to them in a simple way. What happened to you after that? Unfortunately, some challenges in the business is very difficult. I think we we're focusing on the weeds as opposed to the lush forest that we had developed. It was never enough. And many of our vendors and partners pointed that out. You guys are you're so driven and you're accomplishing so much. It's just, have you taken a moment to celebrate the folks that you serve? And, and sure, we did it to an extent, but that became quite stressful. And, it, and now that I had automated my income for the first time, because I, I was used to working 80-hour work weeks in a restaurant and sleeping as a hobby. I really enjoyed that. I still had that work ethic instilled in me, but you know, it was like, sure, the more that I put in, the more I get out of this. But I believed, I quote him, I made it. This is something I read about with Gary Vaynerchuk's Crush It and Tim Ferriss's four hour work week yeah, almost a decade ago. That was the dream to be the quote unquote new brand of entrepreneur that was able to automate a lot of these different processes and focus on a quality of life and experiences. So I'd reach that, and I think the stresses of the business led to, I always advocate 80-20 eating, for example. So, you know, eat sensibly 80% of the time, and cheat a little. Don't torture yourself. I live at the beach, go out on the boat all the time. There's always friends in town. You never have, you're never short of friends when you live a block from the beach, you know? You know, they just turned into 
into happy hours, you know, having drinks out on the boat. And it's just like, and that wasn't part of my lifestyle nearly to the extent that it was. So drinking a bit more, not eating well, more like 40% of the time, almost double what I was used to. And the stresses of everything that was going on. I mean, I'll just never forget it. I had this nagging pain in my gut and it wouldn't go away. And I've never been to the hospital before. I'm definitely afraid of them. And I just said, I can't do this. I'm not productive. And I went in and, you know, I still don't even know the official diagnosis from the CT scan. But next thing that I knew was like, listen, both your pancreas and your appendix uh, flaring up. We don't think that we need to take your appendix out. And I still don't even know exactly why they didn't. But they're like, if you had ignored this and continued to eat and drink and act like everything was normal, there's a very good possibility that your appendix could have burst and that will release straight toxins into your body and can kill you within a few days. So thank God you came in here. Uh, unfortunately, obviously, we're going to have to hook you up to IVs. You're going to be here overnight. Your genetics played a part in this as well. I just laid there and I was like, this sucks. I'm not able to eat anything. I'm starving my body. I'm not productive. I've got IVs hooked into my arm. I'm never living like this again. There has to be better solutions out there. So I'm going to the experts to figure out what they do to prevent this from happening to anyone else. Mm. So while you were in the hospital is when you made a switch? Correct. What are some things that I'm doing? And I just, you know, I look at my holistic health and I, you would actually add finances to it, but there's seven of them. Well, what are the things that I want to do each day, each week, each month, each quarter? And I wrote them all out and being the organizer that I am, I'm like, okay, let's take physical health, for example. Well, I need a super greens drink in the morning and I don't like juicing. It's too inconvenient for me. So I'm going to simplify that process. I need to take a shot of apple cider vinegar. I need to do hit training three times a week. I need to run the beach three times a week and drink a gallon of water during the day and eat sensibly in a certain window. And if I did that every single day, I'd be on top of the world. And so I just figured out and I refined those processes. I'm like, I let myself get out of whack. I let my stress manage me. And I didn't make the right decisions. You know, just a couple of the wrong decisions put me in a lot of pain and was very detrimental to my health and could have cost me my life had I ignored it. And, you know, that's one of the characteristics of somebody with a why of contribute is saying yes to so many things that they often can't focus on themselves so that their health, their mental well-being their time, their desires, all those things get put on the back burner because they're helping so many other people and involved in so many other things that they end up breaking down. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I can see that with you. And then once they break down, what happens is they have to make themselves the cause. I have to focus on, switch from everyone else being my cause to me being the cause, which is hard for you. I'm sure that was hard for you. Of course, because, you know, if you think of the quintessential example of the emergency instructions on an airplane, they don't tell you to put the oxygen mask on anyone else but yourself. And I'm like, well, how am I going to help anyone else unless I get myself right and then share what I've learned? Okay, so you decided to make these changes as soon as you got out of the hospital and you started making these changes. Then what happened? Because you moved too, right? Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, I mean, I started to develop this, the Super Greens product in the background because I said, I think that's one of the keys to what helped me in my recovery and helped me really improve my overall energy and sleep and all this myriad of different areas. And I just began to reach out to folks privately via 
text message or phone calls or Facebook messages. Hey, what are you doing in this area? What, what do you do with this? It's interesting. I think back to an example in undergraduate school, I worked at a big crab house in, in Maryland. And I remember we had these, you had a regular soda that was about 275 and you had what was known as, as a stadium cup. And that was $5. And the owners and the managers coached us and they said, well, you know, you got to tell them one free refill takes care of it. They can have it at their house. They can bring it back and blah, blah, all these, all these different selling points. And I wasn't doing well with it. And then I started eavesdropping on other folks that were doing it, other servers and bartenders. And I said, well, they're not doing well either. So I started asking people, how do you sell this thing? And it's interesting, after about talking to about 15 people, I finally discovered my buddy Kyle, and he goes, I just asked them if they want a small or a large. And I looked at that, and I was like, and if they say, what's the difference? You just tell them free refills. He's like, exactly. Kyle was my bunkmate. I slept, you know, five feet above him, and he was right there before me the entire time. The reason why I tell that story is because if you're going to go out and get a lot of information and disseminate it and extrapolate the different nuggets that are going to, to help others and help you improve, you have to go out there and see what sorts of solutions are out there. And that's exactly what I applied in this sense as well. Uh, so you just started reaching out, asking questions. How are you guys getting, how have you been able to have the biggest impact in your own life? Is that, what was that the question you were asking people? Well, let's take spirituality, for example. I've got my formula for prayer apps. It's adoration, confession, thankfulness, and supplementation. What are some different ways of praying that you know I, feel, I can feel more connected? So figuring out those sorts of things. And then thinking about your vocation. Hey, how do you manage your time best? How do you get more done and you know, maybe double what other people are able to do in half the time? And just learning some different methodologies. And you can't do all of those things at once, but I just came up with a plan as to, I'm going to implement these bit by bit measure my results and make sure that it's easy and sustainable for me to do so that other people can replicate that action. You know, what's really cool about knowing your why, your how, and your what is since I know the why of clarify has to continue almost obsessively asking questions until things are clear. Mm -hmm. I know that you know what you're talking about to an nth degree because you can't handle it any other way. Like when you send me an email about something, it's not a two sentence email. It's here's the five things that I need help with. Here I need you to clarify this for me, clarify this for me, clarify this for me. It's not like a one word answer. You go to thing at things with an incredible amount of detail. Because I want you to be, to give you, prescribe the most successful solution possible to help you maximize the result. Otherwise, I would be going off my own volition or thoughts and that might, and then I deliver something, you know, take the artist painted a different picture and you're like, what the hell is this? This is not what I asked for. <laughs> well, what I love about it is I can count on you to be somebody whose heart is in the right place because I know you want to contribute and have a bigger impact. I can also count on you from the perspective of you are going to go at it ad nauseum until it's clear and you really know what you're talking about and all the BS has been stripped away because you've asked all those questions. The questions somebody else like myself would want to ask maybe but didn't, you <laughs> will have asked them and then you're going to come back to me with something that's simple and easy for me to do and I can count on it being something that's going to work. Yeah. I love that. That's accurate. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what happens when you know somebody's why, how, and what. 
That's the clarity that you get when you know all three. Can you see how that is so much more valuable than just knowing their why? Me personally, yeah, because if you know this driving force, that's great, but also you need to examine where, you know, your how is where your giftedness lies and figuring out, you know, and as we were talking about the other day, I think your tool and instrument is very simple and it's very straightforward. There are a lot of other tests out there, which I had done and had pieces of it, but your test and system further really solidified that in my mind and it allowed me to figure out, okay, well, really my how is my giftedness. How am I able to bring this to the world? And then what is it that at the end of the day, I'm able to produce that's of the most value? Exactly. And so another way to think about it is your why is why you take action. Your how is how you take action. And then your what is what action you bring and what action you take that you're qualified to take. See, so it's your why you do it is so that you can have an impact in the lives of other people. You know, be involved with something that's bigger than yourself, like coaching, so many other things you do. Then how you take action is by clarifying everything, jumping in and asking question after question after question until people either get mad at you or you get the answer. And then what you're going to bring is something that's simple that I can actually do because what I don't want, what I don't need is more complexity. Complexity just confuses. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of, you know, serving as the, the stepping up more in the analytics role and, you know, I did a lot of the film and the scouting reports on in the background for the team. So oftentimes, the coach is like, look, I'm empowering you to do the job, the head coach. Give me what you want to do. Whereas, and I would drive him crazy because I'm like, well, dude, I need clear direction here as to how you want to implement. And what happened, I think over the past 10 years, they've been to the final four six or seven times. And they made it to the finals once two years ago, and they've never won. And this year, you know, I think there was a couple of key pieces. They, they became a more cohesive unit. Then we brought in a guy, that a personal trainer, that really got them in shape and strong. I think he made a huge difference. You know, as a unit, we had a goalie coach come in and a professional lacrosse player come in. And the team that was assembled were all part of something that was much bigger than them. And I think that's why we were able to get over the hump. And we didn't just win the state championship, we won 19 to seven. And that's like winning by six touchdowns in football. What would you say is your contribution? You said in my contribution to the team is what? What do you think you contributed? Positivity. I never lost my head. I never raised my voice. I did once and I immediately apologized. The kid told him because he treated me with a lot of disrespect. I said, we're on the same, we're on the same team. We have the same goals. I was wrong and I'm sorry for what I did. And I accept full responsibility. That's not going to happen again. So that was huge. It was the structure on developing kind of a new system for substitution box. So it's very chaotic in lacrosse because guys are running off full speed at almost all times. And you have to know exactly what personnel needs to be on the field at what point. And it's very confusing, very crazy. So I stepped up in that regard. I always kept my head, even when something went wrong and everyone's screaming and going nuts. So I think that cool, calming presence and then possibly reinforcing, congratulating these guys, building up their self-esteem. That was an amazing play. Dude, you've got this. I'm really proud of you. You've got this game kind of getting intense sometimes because I came from, I've been in a number of NCAA national championships and uh, other state championships as a winner. And I just know what that takes. And that's, that was one of the factors that they needed. 
So for those of you that are listening, when you know your why, how, and what, you can almost answer any question that anybody asks you from the perspective of those three things. So if you listen to what Brooks just said, he said, the substitution patterns was chaotic. And so what did you do? You simplified that, right? You made it simpler and easier and more manageable. You went in and you filmed all kinds of, you said you did a lot of filming and looking over the film and trying to get clear on what's going on. You broke it down and then you made it simple, made it doable. And then you did it in a way where you could contribute and add value in a way that you could without trying to overstep your bounds or become the coach, right? Correct. That wasn't my place. My job is to, I knew my role quite well. I got it clarified and I'm here to serve in every way that I can and just knew where my giftedness lies. So I gave him what I could at the end of the day. I'm not the decision maker and I'm okay with that because we all had the same goal and we accomplished all of them. So it becomes very obvious to me as I'm listening to you that you find a way to contribute, you find a way to make things clear for people and you find a way to make things simple so they're doable. Yeah, I'll give you another example from Bible study really fast. Uh, I think we're doing a great job in a lot of different ways, uh, but I've led a number and been in many. So uh, some of our communication is in functional silos. And for example, we've got prayer requests every Friday. And then, you know, okay, maybe we pray over it. And I said, well, how do we remember what happened, what they asked for, and how can we see how God is continually working in, in our lives? So I developed this spreadsheet where, or kind of a database, here's everyone's contact information. So now we know how to reach anyone. Here's their name. Here's their prayer request. Here are the updates as to what's happened. And then also it was like, I could hear people, the value that they were looking for was we got to reach more guys to bring them in here. And we're depending on one another to hold one another accountable for coming. And we want to get deeper, not just review the sermon. Uh, And that's when I brought up a local mentor of mine, John Gordon, who wrote The One Word and a very accomplished author. He turned me on to Davo Swinney, Safety, uh, the head coach of Clemson football, obviously a ton of success there. And what he did was, I think he got it as a gift. It's the stool. And it came from these Southeast Asian fishermen. And at the end of the day, after a long, hard day of work, one guy would sit in the seat and all the men would then ask them deeper philosophical questions about their lives, what they've been through, what they've experienced, what they fear, what they desire. And they were able to develop connections in a very safe place that were more meaningful and it made a lasting impact. So that's what I've suggested to these guys. I'm like, we've kind of shared our testimonies. But wouldn't it be cool if we could have one guy who knows that he's able to be vulnerable, be honest, and get a lot deeper by delving into what's that deep-seated sin or something that he's struggling with? My job is not to fix you. My job is to have a deeper understanding. And of course, as a Christian, to point to the Bible and to point to the influence of Christ and to help them, you know, develop solutions as opposed to trying to go it all alone. But that's just another quick example to to show you, exemplify what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. It's, it's loud and clear. And the, the why, the how, and the what are your decision-making process. For those of you that are listening, so, so Brooks, let's say I come to you with a suggestion of something we should do. And if it's going to contribute and add value to the team, if it's going to create clarity for the team, and it's going to make things simple for the team, how are you going to feel about it? Amazing, yeah. You're all in, right? Yes. What if it's not simple? At the end? Yeah. Uh, I have to make it simple. <laughs> yeah, what if it's not clear? 
and then I need to make it clear. I didn't do my job in disseminating the research clear enough. Or what if I bring something to you and what I'm suggesting to you is not simple to do? Then I'll say, Gary, give me, be prepared to bring me three solutions and be prepared to execute one of them. There you go. If it's not simple, it's not clear, and it's not going to contribute, you're not in. Yeah, if I can't see how are we going to be able to measure this, what are some of our, our KPIs or what ROI or, or how is this going to enhance people's experience mm-hmm. and how are we better serving them, then why are we doing this? You got it. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a team and they know that about you, that if they're going to present something to you or suggest something to you or want you to move in and accept their idea, they knew they had to show you how it was going to have an impact. They had to show you how it was clear and will make things clear. And they had to show you how it's simple and easy to do. Then yeah. can you see how you could move forward faster? No brainer. But a lot of times it would just be, well, we have this problem. I had to learn to, to steward over my time a bit better and say, okay, here's my project management system. This is everything that I'm working on right now. This is too heavy of a load to bear. I need to understand what your objective is, both in terms of driving revenue or enhancing the customer experience. And what do you want me to prioritize this project over or what do you want me to drop? And oftentimes when you do that, folks stop bringing you ideas like that. Very, very good. Well, hey, let's switch gears for a second here and tell us a little bit about simplehealth.club. You could go at it from super greens. And so, because if you look at the marketplace, I've got a lot of huge, great competitors such as Organifi, Athletic Greens, Patriot Greens. And one of the first questions I got from a guy who's extremely analytical that I went to undergrad with when I made the announcement is, well, how does this compare to these other brands? And my response to him was, because of the community that I'm building and the care that, that is here, there's a lot of great products out there. I could recommend 50 of them off the top of my head to you. Most of them are comparably priced. What I can tell you is that you're not going to have the same access to this community where you're going to have a deeper philosophical understanding of how to improve your holistic health. You won't have the connections and friendships that are being built here, and you won't have the high-level content that's being developed very intentionally for you. So I'm a little confused in that, what are super greens? Yeah. So instead of juicing, instead of buying all this fresh produce and all these different intricate ingredients and doing that whole process by yourself, it's just a gently dried superfood powder. So you take all the benefits of your broccoli, your alfalfa leaf, your all sorts of different mushrooms, your shiitake, reishi mushroom, prebiotics and probiotics, and you just put it in a simple form that you take one scoop and you mix it with water and you're good for the good. You don't have to go through that arduous and uh, time-intensive juicing process. So did you go out and create your own version of it? Are you using somebody else's formula? How did that work? Yeah, I coordinated with a friend of mine that I met in a mastermind, I said, this is something that I've always used. I want to make our own version of it. And that was it. So you've created your own super green and it's called what? The Simple Health Club Super Greens. Okay. So you got your own super green. And the reason you did that is again, so you went out you got clear on what all needs to be in there and you created something simple for me to use. I guess just got to throw a teaspoon into a glass of water and I'm done. That's it. You've added on to that a way for you to create a community. Correct. You know, everyone always, and I've always incorrectly done this as well. I'll give you an example. The restaurant that I was employee number one and a partner in, 
we went out and we just said, you know what? We really enjoy cooking on our big green eggs. Um, they're grills, smokers. It's a Kamado-style cooker on our back porches. Why don't we bring the joy of our backyard barbecue into a restaurant? And so that's exactly what we did. We actually went with their biggest competitor called Kamada Joe, and we brought 15 of those indoors, which I'm sure you can imagine is a legal and logistical nightmare getting that figured out because no one had ever done it before. And when we did that, obviously that's a very complicated and convoluted process, but we're taking out you know millions of dollars to build this thing in hopes that folks are going to resonate with it and that we're going to be able to run a successful business off of a great idea. And everyone's always trying to figure out what's that one idea that no one has? What, what can I build that, that the world's never seen before? How can I not be, there's going to be a copycat right after me. And I'd say two things to that. Number one, uh, Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels always says, I don't remember who the quote is attributed to, but you can always tell who the pioneers are because they've got arrows in their back and they're face down in the dirt. So in my estimation, I'm at that, I learned that same lesson from my grandmother, who was antique entrepreneur. I said, Grandma, there's more and more of these antique stores moving in the area. Isn't that bad for business? And she said, no, dummy. More, I got a smaller piece of a much bigger pie. And that's the way I look at it as well. But the, the second part is building a brand. You should start with shared interests, common values, and attract that tribe before you go out and, and spend all this time and energy and money on developing the products. It's like focus on a quality relationship with a certain segment of people, and that way it's going to help dictate all of your decision-making instead of the other way around. Wow. So tell us what else you have with Simple Health Club. No, nothing yet. I'm trying to, I decided to hedge risk because again, it's like, I want to make sure, let me ensure that this resonates with a group of folks. Let me hedge risk by starting on Amazon because if you bring Amazon an influx of sales, it says to them, okay, this is legit. People are leaving positive reviews. And then that's when your products gets listed under bundles. You know, people who bought this also bought this. These, they begin to advertise for you. So my thought is don't focus on trying to build like five different products. I'd love to have my own probiotic or collagen or protein. But right now it's like, let me focus on one product, make sure I can get it to, to cash flow and reach certain thresholds. And then I'll build on accordingly as I communicate and serve my audience. That makes more sense. Focus in on what you do best. So for people that want to get a hold of you, who is your ideal client? Who are you looking for? Who do you want to connect with you? My tribe is essentially, it's typically slightly younger age men, even though that's not entirely true, but it's like 25 to 45, 50, somewhere in there. And it's guys that, you know, are they're high status men that want to accomplish more, that want to ensure that they're consistently improving their holistic health. A lot of times, I mean, obviously are very successful in their vocation. They've got a lot of things, you know, wife, kids, that sort of thing. And they've got a lot of things going right, but they, they want to get even better and take that to the next level. And that's through connecting in this community by using the Super Greens products. But just being part of the movement, I think, is enough. So why do you carve out the 50 plus crowd like me? It's harder to serve your needs, man. Your body's changed so much. And I'm not saying that's a, it obviously would, the product would serve you. It's a different stage of life. And when I began to communicate with a lot of retirees, I think they can provide a lot of value and different perspective. But I also wanted to niche down and not try to be everything to everyone. Because I think you can always have offshoots or different brands or perhaps make decisions down the line. So that's good to know. 
So then what you're saying is I shouldn't buy your product. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to. I'd love to serve you. I just wanted to make sure that I had a lot of clarity as because basically think about it. I was in the hospital bed and I was like, I'm taking care of me first. How do I find more of me right now? So you are your ideal client. Yeah, exactly. I'm my avatar. Someone who's breaking down was breaking down, right? Somebody who's working themselves to the bone, saying yes to too many things, going in so many directions. They're losing energy, losing sleep, losing health, gaining weight, all those things. And yeah. you find a solution that can work quick and easy. Yep. And no one has it all together. And even if you're a very high performer, there's always an opportunity to get better. And that's, an, I believe in abundance, even if they don't use my products, which is perfectly okay. I, I love that just being part of the community or if I'm able to put together the type of expert that can provide value to your life and do the research on your behalf to ask them the right types of questions to procure the value that you're looking for, then I'm happy to serve you in that regard because every relationship is sacred to me and one should lead to 10 more. Oh, that's awesome. The ripple effect, right? Correct. Well, Brooks, listen, thank you for being on today. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing your why, your how, your what. And at least from my perspective, it's pretty darn clear. And I'm guessing from uh, the listeners how you're somebody who wants to add value. You want to contribute. You want to make a difference. You're going to help people get clear on exactly what's going on. And you're going to provide them a solution that's simple and easy for them to do. And right now, it's just put a teaspoon of this in a glass of water and you'll get everything you need instead of having to juice and all the other things that people are doing. Yeah. And to answer the other part of your question, anyone is welcome in Facebook groups. It's S-I-M-P-L, health.club. There's there's a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And then I'm Brooks at Simple Health Club. And I'm happy to... And simplifying is doing things in less steps than before. And so you've taken out an E, you've made it less steps, right? (laughs) Well, Brooks, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you coming on. And I know that you and I will be staying in touch. And even though I'm outside your target range, I'm trying your product because I can always use more energy and be able to give more and do more. So thanks again for being here. My pleasure. Thanks everyone else for being here. And Gary, one sale at a time, man. That sounds great. Awesome. Thanks, Brooks. Take care. Yeah, thank you, buddy.